1: Hi, my name's Richard Bradbury and I work for the RSVB's uh, Centre for Conservation Science.
0: So we're standing here um, by the the high banks of the River Cam. It's raining, it's a quite nasty day. Yesterday it was glorious sunshine and this has been basically the pattern for the last few weeks. The weather's been zib all over the place. So what, what kind of an impact is this having on the wildlife of Cambridgeshire?
1: So we've got a a veritable army of volunteers out collecting data all across the the UK. This is all led by the British Trust for Ornithology. They're still collecting that data, so we don't know quite what the population impacts are, but we can take a good guess. So uh, there's a variety of examples. So when the Beast for the East came, uh, we know that there was a huge reporting rate of a species called fieldfare in people's gardens. This is a a thrush that comes here in the winter, usually spends its time in the fields, and yet it was all over people's gardens, clearly desperate for food we also know there's increasing evidence uh, for things like butterflies that these huge extremes the switches from from very extreme heat to very extreme cold can be really bad for insects and that's really bad news for people like me who really like butterflies but it's bad news for birds because they're really dependent on a whole range of insects to feed on especially when they're rearing their chicks the other thing which i think is particularly pertinent given that we're right next to the cam at the moment is the impacts of extreme flooding and we know that that's really bad for ground nesting birds so a re- a really good example of that in cambridgeshire is the black-tailed godwit and this breeds on the uh, the washlands places like the neem washes the ooze washes that used to be a brilliant win-win we accommodated all that water that came in the winter and we stopped it, we stopped all the human infrastructure from flooding and then as the water receded in the spring provided ideal nesting habitat for for birds like the godwits now the water comes at the wrong time of year and although it still accommodates the water and saves people and their infrastructure it's not really good for the nest because they get drowned out
0: And there's a lot of birds that also are migratory, so they come here for the weather at different times of year. Is the strange spring times affecting them as well, do we think?
1: So we're seeing more broadly quite a lot of patterns of change in our wildlife. So you're right, we're seeing some birds that migrate here arriving a bit earlier. Some of the birds that are resident are also breeding a bit earlier. We're seeing leaf burst a little bit earlier. We're seeing some flowers emerging earlier. So there's some very large patterns of change. And we're also seeing some species moving north in terms of where they breed and even colonising the UK. So uh, little egret in Cambridgeshire is now almost as familiar as a heron. We've got a whole variety of dragonflies which have colonised colonised the uk from from the continent there's a species called the small red-eyed damselfly that wasn't even in the uk 30 years ago and it's now way up beyond the wash and similar is happening time and time again that might sound like a good news story we're getting lots of new species but there's also species that have the southern edge of their global range in the uk up in the mountains and they're starting to retreat north and up the hill and that's a bit of a conservation concern
0: I just am really loving how this duck has come to stand next to us. I think it may look like we want food, but I think it's just interested in
1: what you're saying. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) So what do we do about this? Is there anything we can do?
1: It's really a twin-track approach, and it's about... Building resilience of what we've already got and accommodating change, and it was summarised brilliantly in the mantra "bigger, better, more connected." So, in terms of better, one of the things that we can do with wildlife habitats is to try and make them more resilient. So, one example in the peatlands of the UK, which have been drying out because it's getting warmer, is that we and lots of other conservationists have been blocking the drainage ditches to improve the hydrology, and that's great for all the wildlife, and it also stops a lot of carbon dioxide going into the atmosphere as well and making the problem even worse. So, that's that's great. And then we're also engaged and trying to create more wildlife sites and bigger wildlife sites and that's led to some amazing collaborations for instance with the mineral extraction industry and also with, bizarrely you might think, with Crossrail in terms of some of the big projects we've done so managed realignment sites where we're creating intertidal habitat on the coast or creating great big new reed beds not only for the species that we're currently looking to protect like bitten but also accommodating new species as they arrive.
0: And how about my favourite bird, um, ducks?
1: So, I mean, we've got this this wonderfully friendly mallard next to us. Um, So the UK is really important for uh, its ability to host lots of wintering birds of of wetlands. Uh, They breed further across in, in Eastern Europe, for instance, and further north in Siberia. And then when it gets really cold in the winter, they come here to our milder climates. And actually, as the temperatures have become milder over further to the east, some of these birds occasionally don't come here quite so much in the winter and so they're doing a phenomenon called the short stopping where they don't come quite as far it doesn't mean that we're not important for them still when we get really extreme weather like when we have the beast from the east this is still a really important refuge for them in the in the bigger picture
0: planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen